Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we've got a midweek news and notes episode for everyone. Some fun things we're going to get into all across the global landscape of women's soccer. But before we do that... A quick reminder that you can catch all of our episodes and exclusive interviews on YouTube. So please subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live. YouTube.com slash attacking third. How you doing today, Lisa? Sandra, I am good, but I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about you right now for a quick second because we are recording this a little bit earlier than we usually do. Um, This is early on Tuesday morning, and this episode will come out later tonight and then tomorrow morning as a podcast Wednesday morning because you, my friend, are traveling. You're being a speaker at an event. You're going to Las Vegas. Where are you going? What's the conference for? Congratulations. Thanks, Val. I appreciate it. Uh, Going to be representing at the NABJ slash NAHJ conference and career fair out in Vegas, the National Association of Black Journalists and National Association of Hispanic Journalists are like putting together the sickest collab and they're going to have their annual conference out in Vegas. And uh, it's really cool to uh, be part of it. CBS uh, is going to have a whole contingency there quite frankly there's going to be a lot of uh representation uh on cbs over at this conference and i'm just like really excited to play a small part in it um really honored to be invited and and part of a speak on a panel out there i'm going to be talking a little bit about uh the panel is uh, women of color in sports media place to win the game and that is going to be brought to the conference by cbs sports specifically so really cool going to be alongside uh 
uh, sideline reporter AJ Brosk, uh, Alicia J is going to be on there. Shout out to her. We've done some some collaborative work with her here in, in the attacking third. Uh, Tara August uh, is going to be there as well. Monica McNutt is supposed to be part of this panel as well. So brilliant, brilliant minds, very successful yeah. women um, in in the game. Um, I can't even believe I'm going to be sitting alongside them, quite hey, frankly. You deserve it. <laughs> deserve it. I want none of that. Yes. Incredible <laughs> names you just listed off. Incredible people that everyone should hear from, but to be able to embark, embark some wisdom onto everyone else listening, your name belongs right there alongside of them. I appreciate um, that, buddy. But I'm I'm very excited for it. Um, so I'm going to be um, dipping off <laughs> to, to Vegas for a little bit. So we had to do this a little bit earlier. So I appreciate you, uh, you yeah. know, making the adjustment in your shifting schedule for us to do this uh, today. Ahead okay. of the Louisville and OL Rain game. Of course, and, um, of course. We had to wish you safe travels. Now, I've got to ask you're going to Vegas. Of course, it's there for work. You're, you're going to be on this panel. You're going to be attending some conferences, but are you going to gamble? This is the real question here. You know, I don't know if I can go to Vegas in like a, like a sports minded capacity and not at the very least, like make like a sports bet or something. Yes. Sort of, you know, like I'm from illinois i'm going to vegas these are these are places where gambling is is you know not frowned upon legally so i'm just kind of like you know what if if when in rome quite frankly when I think in that's rome. The same. um but yeah i think maybe like a sports bet or something who knows i'll maybe i'll take a look at what they've got going on in nwsl you know yes and, and oh that would be look. awesome i don't know i, I mean even if it's just to like report back like hey <laughs> like this is a thing you could do yeah, let us, know, let us know the odds and, and the lines for the NWSL matches. Um, I would be very interested to know that. And if yeah. you're heading into the casino, I'll send you a 20. You can put 20 on roulette for me. You can get all the winning. Honestly, like I'm very open to any input. This is my first time going to, to Vegas. So if anyone has like suggestions or must see things or must do things like I'm all, I'm all ears. Just, just you get heard it here. It. Drop her some, <laughs> some recommendations. My only thing is if you go into a casino, drop a 20 on roulette, you got to do number 32. Yeah. That was my soccer number. That's my oh. go-to. I walk into a casino, I put it on 32 and we spin the wheel. Nice. I love that. I love that, Lisa. That's great. Good advice. And I'm going to, I should do that 32. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you a Venmo. Have no worries. Have no All worries. Right. All right. Good looking out. Good looking out. I'm uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, and I am going to still be doing a wonderful coverage here on A3 with you. We're doing this uh, this episode and then we're going to have a, a regular uh, Friday episode for, for everyone as well to tune into. Uh, but before we get into something like Friday's episode where we typically do a lot of previewing towards the end of the week for our audiences. So we wanted to do a little bit of a check-in in terms of any news and notes that might have, you know, that we might have to sort of uh, run through. Um, with our listeners here. And we want to talk about uh, World Cup uh, perspectives here because we're officially a year out now that a lot of these competitions have concluded, uh, whether it was CONCACAF, uh, Copa America, uh, Euros, which we've talked a lot about. We wanted to just sort of see the lay of the land in terms of nations that have already qualified and what's still left in this grand picture of things because the World Cup has expanded the spots in terms of teams who are going to be participating. It's going to be 32 teams who will now be eligible to participate. And look, we were covering nonstop CONCACAF. So we are well aware 
of who is going to be going and representing CONCACAF here. But 22 nations have already qualified for the 32 total spots. And we're going to start with the top because for folks who don't remember, uh, Paramount Plus was home for a lot of these qualifying matches. I remember when we were uh, watching and tuning in to, uh, you know, the, the Asian Women's Cup that was on uh, Paramount Plus. We got to see some UEFA qualification group matches on Paramount Plus. Obviously, CONCACAF was was the big one. But as the tournament hosts, uh, Australia, New Zealand, automatic uh, burst there. But we saw Japan, South Korea, China, Philippines, and Vietnam go ahead and punch their tickets as we were watching the AFC Women's Asian Cup on Paramount Plus. And uh, I think maybe the European side is probably the window that we're kind of keeping a bit of a closer eye on because of how many spots are still available. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because when you look uh, across the board, we know that there's the inner continental play-in tournament that will happen for those teams that maybe didn't qualify in their regular uh, CONCACAF, Women's African Cup of Nations, uh, Copa America. There's still some teams that get the opportunity to have a play-in, but for UEFA, there are 11 slots, 11 different nations get to be able um, to punch their ticket into this, which was huge heading into this. Um, but of the 22 nations that are already chosen and have already qualified for the World Cup, there are some huge names that are not on that list yet, a lot of them being in UEFA. We just finished the Euros. We know that England won and they beat Germany. Both England and Germany have not qualified for the World Cup yet. So that's something to really, really keep an eye on because as we head into the next couple months of qualification, that's still happening. They have up until October of 2022 for UEFA to finish their World Cup. Cup qualification tournaments. Um, and, and with those in play, there's already a few teams that have already qualified. But because of that, there's still so many spots open. So when you look at who has already qualified, it's Sweden, Spain, Denmark, and France out of UEFA. So that leaves so many more spots, seven different spots left for teams like England, like Germany. Um, There's just so many different opportunities. And the competition is really tight and really intense because as we move forward through this, there's only a few more months um, for these teams to qualify to get uh, plot, like practices in with their friendlies and get times and and qualification rosters as well. Uh, The World Cup, I am so excited for it. We talked about it during CONCACAF W Championship and during the Euros, but now that we've kind of have a a little bit more understanding of which nations are going, there's still so many spots open. But once we understand that, then we get the pots. Sandra, before you know it, we will be here in Australia and New Zealand covering the World (laughs) Cup. It's literally around the corner. It is. And I mean, quite frankly, like really soon, we'll probably be talking about more nations qualifying and earning their spot for the World Cup. And it's going to happen in like a Mm -hmm. blink of an eye. Things, a lot of moving parts and things are moving quite quickly. And maybe this is a good transition a little bit to to the next kind of exciting thing that we want to make note of here on today's episode. But it was recently announced that the United States women's national team 
will play two matches in Europe in October. And one of the ones that caught headlines was against England because the U.S. have scheduled, and it's tentative, scheduled a match against the Lionesses at Wembley Stadium for Friday, October 7th. Exciting, right? Everyone saw this and the energy around it was simply Yes, that is what audiences would like to see. And I love that. I love the energy around it. But within it, we're talking about uh, World Cup qualifiers. We're talking about teams that have already sort of punched their ticket. England is not one of those teams yet. And because of this, because there is still World Cup qualifying that is taking place for teams in Europe in the event that England are unable to pick up a result against Austria specifically because they're within the same group D uh, they will have to play a two-legged playoff in October. So there is some, there's a little bit of what ifs uh, in this announcement and it was noted within it uh, that in the event there is going to be a different type of match that England has to play in October that both U.S. soccer and the FA will work together to ensure that there is a rescheduled date for both of these teams to go head to head. I love this announcement. There's definitely a bit of qualifiers that need to happen in order for this match to to actually come to fruition. But after England won the Euros and it was at Wembley, the Lionesses' Twitter account actually tweeted out, hey, anyone want to see us back at Wembley later this year? And the U.S. Women's National Team Twitter quote tweeted that and just said, hey. So there's a little bit of suspicion before they actually dropped this announcement. But um, this is huge. And it's also coupled with the announcement that the United States will be in Europe playing two friendlies over this October window. They've already made their announcement for the September friendlies. They're going to be playing Nigeria in the United States. One of those games will be in Kansas City, the other one in Washington, D.C. And a lot of the talk from fans, we see it when we go live and people join in the chat, is that they want to see the United States women's national team against different competition, against tougher competition, against European competition. Well, the the calls have been answered because I think the U.S. versus England matchup is a, a huge one. The last time these two teams played each other was in uh, 2020 during the yeah. She Believes Cup. Before that, it was in the World Cup in 2019 and the United States coming out victorious in both of those. But now we're seeing a different side from England and they're riding high on this Euros win at home uh, against Germany in overtime. Um, so now to have this announcement is tremendous and and that the U.S. will also play another match in Europe uh, that op- opposition and venue to be announced at a later date. But uh, Vlako Adonofsky even taking note of this announcement against England saying that um, this is exactly the kind of match that the U.S. needs at exactly the right time in terms of World Cup preparation so that we can test ourselves. The United States can get a test. Some of these younger players can see different competition outside of CONCACAF, outside of the friendlies that they've played on home soil. Um, Also, this game being at Wembley, we just saw a record-breaking attendance for the Euros. And not sure if we'll get that same kind of attendance record for this friendly, but it's something that will help these younger players rostered for the U.S. in playing in a away stadium in front of fans that are not all cheering for them against really tough English competition. 
I love this. I'm so hyped for it. October 7th cannot come soon enough to watch this game. I, uh, I would love to see it. I hope that England can take care of business during that international window in September. Uh, you touched on, on the friendlies against Nigeria that the United States will be participating in and home soil England against uh, Austria. So hopefully they take care of business against Austria and then everything sort of goes as, as planned. Um, but this is just something that just sort of feels like has been kind of in the making for, for some time. Uh, the last meeting between these two already over two years uh, in the She Believes Cup. And the teams look a little bit different compared to the last time they faced each other. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to that, you know, is England going to ride this sort of wave of momentum that they've got right now? You know, they, the they do. The rosters do look different. And this also will come um, on the heels of the men's World Cup and yeah. the United States playing England. They're they're both in the same group for that. That game coming um, at the end of November in, in the men's World Cup. So it's a little bit of competition between the nations on both the men's side and the women's side, the fact that these are coupled right around the same time, just a, a few weeks or so apart, is it'll be exciting. This fall is going to be very exciting. Yeah. And I just love that it's like going to be the first time, not just that these two teams have like met each other in a couple of years, but this is going to be the first time that they play each other at Wembley, right? Yeah. So these are two teams Ooh. that actually have their own respective histories like at Wembley Stadium, but in like different capacities. So you've got the Lionesses who lifted the Euro Cup in front of that massive crowd at Wembley. You've got the United States women's national team who had that wild, wild run in the Olympics, over 80,000 attending their, what was ultimately their gold medal victory in 2000, in the 2012 Olympics. So it's just like, just sort of having these two programs with their own respective history in this very historic place. Like now they're going to be going head to head. It's yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. Like that's the kind of stuff that, um, that that football supposed to be made of, right? So I'm I'm very excited for the possibility of this match, and uh, hopefully it'll it'll deliver. It's funny to sort of see some of the reactions. Uh, all of the social media is already like you know spitting out as much as they can. The Alex Morgan like tea celebration, all of that. Again, there's some. Um, it's almost just sort of like you see the the rivalry maybe on the other side of the ball with with uh, England and in the United States and kind of like you know, the Yanks versus yeah. versus England and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, uh, it's different when you've got teams who are like kind of in this top 10 ranking yeah. going up against each other. I think that's always an added layer of excitement. I, I don't, I don't think the top 10 in a FIFA world ranking has been this competitive in quite some time. Uh, yes. U.S. are number one and they're the team that is, being chased and, you know, targeted and that people want to take down. But even what we saw in the Euros, that it's very evident that you put a top 10 team against the other top team and on the right day, they can make anything happen. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, two versus six or, you know, or one versus eight, you know, you just never, you just never know. So I'm very, very excited for this. I know everyone out there has a lot of excitement around it as well. And it's nice to sort of get this kind of announcement kind of coming off of this like epic summer yes. of soccer that we just witnessed. And you know what? It's actually not over technically because the U20 World Cup is going to be kicking off very 
very soon. It's going to be kicking off on August 10th, Wednesday through Sunday, August the 28th, the 10th edition of the U-20 World Cup. Costa Rica, the host in this one for the second time, Lisa. They definitely are. Japan comes into this tournament as the defending champions of the U-20 World Cup, but um, pretty quick throughout the month of August. Like we've talked so much about <laughs> the summer of soccer and it does continue. And and for those that are maybe a little bit unfamiliar with the U-20 team, um, the, the U.S., they're in a pot with Nigeria, Spain and Mexico for this uh, World Cup that'll be in Costa Rica. And for the NWSL fans out there, there are very familiar faces. Um, for those that are really trying to get into the NWSL and the draft and know some names, there's so many incredible collegiate athletes on this roster that you have to take a look at. There will be names in the NWSL draft next year that are on this roster. So keep an eye out for them. Watch these games. But Olivia Moultrie, the midfielder, from Portland Thorns. She's back on this roster. She's been a namestay for a while. And a new name in the NWSL, Jaden Shaw. She is the 17-year-old that recently signed with San Diego Wave FC. She got her first start, first minutes in the NWSL, and she scored her first goal last weekend with San Diego. So just two of the incredible players that are on this roster. Um, the, the women in the U.S. looking to make a run for it, knock Japan yeah. off that title spot uh but that final will be on august 28th sunday so set your calendar set your alarm it all starts august 10th for the women's world cup u20 yeah it's gonna be an exciting time i love i love the uh the on the u world cups you Me know like 17 20 like all the opportunities to sort of see all the up and coming talent who have been part of these programs for for quite some times and and it's sort of it feels kind of, uh, it feels different. Uh, you know, it feels special. It feels unique in the sense where this one's going to kick off and there are not one, but two athletes who are, who have gone pro. Yeah. Um, and the two that you just named in, in Shaw and, and in Moultrie. And, but that's two of the like 23, like, uh, you know, players across this, across this roster. So it's a good opportunity for folks maybe who don't typically find mm -hmm. themselves able to watch the collegiate game. Um, you know, based on the, the, the region or area of the country that, you, that you're from. Um, it's a good opportunity to maybe get a look at some or familiarize with some some of the names across this roster. I'm really excited to see uh, Simone Jackson in action yeah. uh, forward uh, out of USC. Um, you know, quite frankly, someone rumored to potentially be going pro, uh, you know, somewhere down the line herself, you know, already kind of getting that type of uh, that type of attention. So I, I Definitely looking forward to this one to take a look and see, you know, if they can, like you said, if they can sort of knock off and then they can become champions of this one, this one again, it's been a, it's been a long journey back to these types of competitions uh, for the youth, uh, the youth programs due to, you know, the ongoing complications with, with something like COVID-19 and um, to be able to sort of see these players finally get the chance to, you know, to have this, this moment, it, it, it feels special. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. And I hope we get some really good soccer, um, you know, between all of the teams in, in this one, but uh, that's going to be a wrap for us taking a look at the international side of things in our news and notes episodes. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We've got some things to talk about specifically in NWSL. We want to talk a little bit about some breaking news that, that, that took place fairly recently. Um, it was recently announced uh, that Voyager, who became the official cryptocurrency brokerage partner of the NWSL back in 2021, uh, are kind of in headlines for maybe not so positive reasons. We'll just put it politely like that. Uh, Sportico came out with an exclusive reporting that the NWSL has uh, told players that they could potentially be out of some money um, based on the deal with Voyager, who has been going under some scrutiny. And um, while the deal with the league is different from perhaps one that they had uh, with players uh, because it was a player fund specifically that was built into this partnership, which is sort of what I think raised, we'll just say raised some eyebrows when this deal was initially announced. It definitely was. I mean, the initial deal, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, the, the initial deal said that it, under the terms of agreement that half of the deal would be paid to the league in cash. And then the other half was going to be um, a fund. Each individual player in the NWSL was going to get a crypto account that they could invest in. Now, because of this and, and Voyager entering voluntary chapter 11 bankruptcy filing, um, there's a bit of question marks around this because the league has, from, from our understanding and from the reports, the league has already been paid their half of it. But the second half that was supposed to go towards the players that they could invest in this crypto money, I don't know, a bank, the crypto digital, digital bank. I'm not really up on my crypto Bitcoin game right now, but <laughs> <laughs> the other half that the players were set to invest in, um, Ugh, not really listen. paid out. So then questions were sent to NWSL commissioner, Jessica Berman about, um, how this affects the players, because it really, it comes down to why are the players, the ones being hurt in this deal when, um, they shouldn't be right. So is the league yeah. going to counteract and do something with that? And, and Jessica Berman did come out. She, she had a statement a few days ago saying that it, it's still an active proceeding. So there's not too much that she can share about the inner workings of this deal and how this is all going to play out. But um, there is active communication between Voyager and the league. And of course, when there's more that the NWSL will share it with the public and the media, but yeah. that she understands that there's, risk with partnerships of this type, um, especially now that the players are potentially not being paid out in their investment that they were supposed to get, um, that now there's a big question mark around that. I don't think it's uh, that's unfair. I don't think that that's an unfair statement that the, the commissioner gave. I mean, it's not, there's not a whole lot you could probably speak of if there is a chapter 11 bankruptcy filing that is still ongoing. You know, there's not, you just, you don't, what are you going to say when you don't necessarily maybe have all of the info uh, yourself, but um, almost like a trend though, you know, I, I hate to even bother talking about other sports league on a, on a show where we cover women's soccer, but you know, Voyager is uh, a 
digital currency company that has deals in in other pro leagues as well. I think that's that's part of what was the raised eyebrow in, in all mm-hmm. this is that you've got Voyager uh, with deal with certain type of partnership deals in in NBA with NBA teams, uh, Major League Baseball teams, uh, NFL players, uh, sponsorships. You know, again between MLB and, and NBA. So it's just you just wonder. I think people's raised eyebrows who sort of follow women's sports pretty closely just don't want this to be a scenario in which like women professional athletes are the ones kind of getting shafted in this one. And I think that's people's sort of hesitancy or, you know, lack of belief and that things will sort of, you know, pan out, um, you know, and in fairness to, to NWSL players, but it's, it's one of these things that we're going to sort of have to keep an eye on because it's not, it's something that doesn't have a conclusion, quite frankly, it's just, uh, just an unfortunate circumstance that's, that's happening. Um, right now and and ultimately it just sort of sounds like it's going to be you know one of those lessons i think that the league just sort of has to kind of uh learn from you know mm-hmm. um berman perhaps already ahead of the curve knowing that there's a risk with those types of of partnerships um and just gonna have to see how things fi- uh, shake and- out and finalize with voyager And this is still a big question mark, right, about how this – it is ongoing, and that's why we're updating everyone on this news and notes episode this week. But if you go to the NWSL website, um, they have a list of all their official NWSL sponsors. And Voyager is still listed there. So they're still an official sponsor. Their their logo hasn't been taken down yet. um, But it's more of just – I think – people are more concerned with, okay, how is this affecting the players? Because Mm -hmm. uh, the whole CBA that came into play last year in the league and and protecting the players and making sure they get payments and making sure that they are involved in these deals and the sponsorships that the league gets, that the the players directly benefit from them and aren't being hurt by them. And it's more a waiting game to kind of see how this plays out. And I don't think anyone, especially someone like Jessica Berman, the commissioner of the league, uh, wants the players to be at a loss because of this. So more conversations to come, of course, we'll keep everyone updated. Um, yeah, I really love, um, I really love Megan Burke's (laughs) sort of piece on it. Just very clear and just, just very sort of authoritative in that sort of the executive director just saying that no, no player is missing a paycheck, that nothing in their recent CBA uh, was listed in crypto. So um, I thought that that was a a good quote sort of coming out amongst all of this circulation about the deal um, with, uh, with Voyager. So again, something to be determined, right? A couple of, of a couple of things in this episode where we're like TBD, whether it's the schedule scheduling of a international friendly or apparently a digital currency uh, partnership. And listen, I don't I don't blame you, Lisa, for not, you know, maybe having some of the the verbiage. You're like, I how do I refer? I don't listen, I don't blame you because I remember a time where you got like spammed to no end by like. <laughs> crypto hackers and we were like what's going on here man like this is i don't think this is what we signed up for here i Uh, i almost forgot about that yes i got (laughs) hacked and spammed on social media Uh, they were targeting my followers with bitcoin and who even knows what other uh, cryptocurrency people were texting me on the side like 
hey, what is this? Are you invested in this? I'm like, no, I don't know what it is. Don't click on any links. Wow. Yeah. So I'm still not privy to all of the crypto knowledge and, and <laughs> jargon because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> uh, listen, again, don't don't blame you. Let's, uh, let's move on to maybe some other fun kind of news. We've talked a little bit about some collegiate players up at the earlier when we were talking about the U20 World Cup, but uh, Angel City's Kristen Press is added to the Stanford Hall of Fame. So let's talk a little bit of some collegiate news. Stanford Athletics is continuing its Title IX 50th anniversary celebration this fall, highlighted by the induction of the first all-female Hall of Fame class in their school history. And there is there's a ton of names on this announcement that you can go through and see um, former athletes of the university who have really sort of left their mark and their impact on things. There's Lisa Bergen-Ramos of women's track and fields. Uh, you've got Ashley Hansen representing softball on there. So, you know, swimmers, golfers, all, all kinds of fantastic former athletes. And you could see that it's Kristen Press who is sort of representing um, – the soccer angle in, in this one. So very exciting to see that uh, come out recently. Yeah, it's huge. And and we continue to see universities, um, corporations celebrating the 50th anniversary of Title IX. That is this year in 2022. There was a big celebration in June, but I think this is just another way that um, – a, a school like Stanford can recognize not just their athletes that have done tremendous things, but all female Hall of Fame class. The first one, um, it, it's huge, but there are a number of names. Kirsten Press definitely being dubbed as the the soccer one in this for all of her different accomplishments at Stanford. She was there from 2007 to 2010 for NCAA appearances. Uh, she was national runner-up in 09 and in 2010, Matt Herman Trophy recipient. She was top drawer soccer player of the year, three-time All-American. She's done so much for that school and continues to do it. Uh, she holds school record in a number of things as well, career points, goals, shots. She's number to an assist though, uh, but huge for press uh, to be listed among all of these incredible athletes at, at Stanford who continue to rain on. I like that. Continue to rain on. Is that, is that a segue perhaps a little bit? Is that a transition? Lisa, because let me tell you, I'm going to, I know gonna our rundown. I know what's next in the rundown. I'm, I know. I'm going to hang out to that and we're just going to roll with it. We got a trade to talk about. It wouldn't be a news and notes episode without some type of movement in the NWSL. But Racing Louisville and OL Rain announced a trade recently. Racing Louisville trading with OL Rain for the player rights, discovery rights, the Chinese national team forward Wang Shuang. And OL Rain will get $30,000 in allocation money and a fourth round draft pick. Now, Lisa. I want to ask you your opinion about this in a specific kind of way, because it wasn't too long ago when we came on an episode of attacking third and we talked about a player signing in Jaden Shaw, San Diego, and something like discovery rights coming into play and sort of looking at the reporting around that at seeing a wildly, wildly, wildly high number at one point, that San Diego came to the negotiating table with and clearly Washington spirit, they were unable to reach an agreement. And now Jaden Shaw has signed with San Diego to 2023. 
with no option. So it's a short deal. And now we've got a different type of trade with discovery rights kind of coming into play. And Racing Louisville said in their sort of announcement that there is intent to negotiate a contract with this player to, to sign her on to the team. So I want to get your, your thoughts, your perspectives on sort of the difference, like the difference in negotiating patterns and sort of how, like you sort of see this trade coming to light, this potential signing coming to light versus what we saw with San Diego and Washington. Yeah. I mean, I think that this potential signing, um, I, I don't know. I haven't talked to Racing Louisville or Kim Bjorkegren, but I feel like there's more there than they're letting on. I don't think you would make this type of trade just for a potential signing. So I I imagine that this contract um, will be coming down the road for Racing Louisville. And at this point for Racing Louisville, they need this type of player. This 27-year-old, she has played for PSG uh, before in in France. She has a lot of experience. She's a a Chinese national team superstar. And for her to be able to come into a team like Racing Louisville at a point where they're they're losing more players than they are gaining at this point, right? We saw CeCe Kaiser being traded away, Ebony Salmon being traded away. Um, They're... They're slowly going and and plugging along in this NWSL season, but a team like Racing Louisville needs someone like this that can come in and make an immediate impact. And the fact that this huge trade for $30,000 and a fourth round draft pick in 2023 is just for the players' rights um, makes me think that we may be hearing an announcement down the road that this player is actually coming to the NWSL and that they will be playing. Wang Shuang will be playing with Racing Louisville before we know it. I'm hoping those talks are moving quickly, but there's a lot of movement right now in the NWSL, and uh, a lot of it is under the surface, I'm going to say, in terms of the Jaden Shaw, who was training with Washington Spirit, and then just signs um, with San Diego wave because of the discovery process, but clearly San Diego, Casey, Sony, they wanted a player like this and they were willing to go after Shaw. Um, and, and similarly racing Louisville going after a, a player like Wang Shuang from OL rain. I am. Um, when I saw this announcement, like come through, I was like hyped. I, I think that's the best word I can use. I was like, I like kind of, yeah, did a little like baby like clenched. I was like, I love this. Like even just like the possibility mm-hmm. of having Chuang play in NWSL is very exciting. Um, we saw China and the Steel Roses have an incredible run when we uh, were watching the AFC Asian uh, Women's Asian Cup, and this was a player who was constantly a factor in like those matches that we got to see her performing with her team. And I'm just like the idea of like having a Chinese national team player in NWSL is going to be great for the league. Quite frankly, the possibility of it being a franchise like racing Louisville FC is also, I think, something that's very unique in this capacity. You're talking about a franchise that's trying to attract international superstars. Um, you know, they have room on their roster, quite frankly, to to have a player, an attacking player of this caliber. And I do wonder if perhaps maybe things this was a player on their radar. 
but mm-hmm. perhaps this got sped up a little bit. Yeah. You know, because prior to July and sort of all the soccer kind of kicking off and 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 all of the different competitions, Racing Louisville had an, an another really exciting announcement when they said, like, hey, like we we're we made a move for for Thembi Kaklana. We're really excited. It's like we're gonna have you know, another attacker in the mix. And unfortunately, Catalina came out of that African uh, Cup of Nations with a uh, ACL tear. So immediately, like as soon as you announce it and as soon as you generate the excitement about it, it's quickly like kind of put on the back burner and you're just like, oh man, well, guess we're not going to see the return of this player to NWSL because this was a player who spent some time with the Dash in years prior, and I know people were excited about that, the return of, of South African soccer in, in, in NWSL. And so I do wonder if with, with that happening, if that sort of maybe set some other things in motion for racing, um, because it, I think at the time of that signing, it was like, we still want to make a signing to try to remain competitive in this in this season, even though they are very clearly in the bottom half of the table and trying to get their points where they can. Um, so sort of seeing this announcement and not just seeing this announcement for Schwang from racing, but like seeing the excitement around it, like Nadia Nadim also like very amped for this as well, a former teammate of hers while with Paris Saint Germain. So there's like excitement there as well. So I'm I'm just like very here for it. It's not something that I think folks may be anticipated seeing um you know this year but it's nice to see that this is now something that's not uncommon i mean we heard very early on we had an interview with sophia jacobson um mm-hmm. with the waves and one of one of the big motivating factors for her to come to play in nwsl was the timing of it all and the fact that it was going to be in the build-up to a world cup that this was the league that she wanted to be playing in ahead of the world cup so i'm you know i, I think the fact that there's uh, all kinds of different franchises, whether they're in San Diego or apparently in Louisville, uh, have the ability to sort of go out there and recruit uh, top international talent. So it's a very exciting time right now. It is lots of movement in the league um, and an opportunity to see different players bringing their style and flair to the league. Hopefully um, Racing Louisville can sign, get a contract out of Schwang, and maybe we'll see her towards the end yep. of this regular season. We'll keep everyone posted, of course, as always. Look, and I'm going to I'm always here for the plug. Like if you're if you want to go watch some of those matches you could still yeah. do that. Those games are still on Paramount Plus. You can go back and watch uh, China's run in the uh, oh. Women's Asian Cup. Uh, you could catch those on demand on Paramount Plus, just in case you want to, like, you know, refresh your memory or get reintroduced uh, to somebody like Shuang. So exciting stuff for NWSL. That's what we're going to close out on here on Attacking Third. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, reminder, we will recap Racing Louisville versus OL Rain on Friday's show. So stay tuned for that. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your shows. We're also available as video. Subscribe at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back with a weekend preview on Friday for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Third.